Please open your Bibles with me to the book of Titus. We continue with our preaching series through the book of Titus. In the morning we go through Ephesians and in the afternoon we are continuing with the letter of Paul to Titus. This afternoon we begin chapter 2, having finished chapter 1 last week. I'm going to read the whole chapter. We will consider verse 1. The letter of Paul to Titus, chapter 2. This is the sufficient word of God. But as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works, and in your teaching show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. Born servants are to be submissive to their own masters in everything. They are to be well-pleasing, not argumentative, not pilfering, but showing all good faith, so that in everything they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Declare these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one disregard you. That is God's word. I'm going to pray, then we will consider verse 1. Oh, Heavenly Father, help us to hear your word this afternoon and to benefit from it. May it be indeed food for our souls. We pray, Lord, that you may help us to keep our way pure by guarding it according to your word. May we seek you with our whole heart and let us not wander from your commandments. Grant that we would store this word up in our hearts that we might not sin against you. Grant, O Lord, that we would be taught your statutes this afternoon. For blessed are you, O Lord. Help us to hear your rules. Help us to walk in the way of your testimonies and to delight in them as much as in all riches. Grant that we would meditate on your precepts and fix our eyes on your, on your ways. Grant that we would delight in your statutes and that we would not forget your word even this afternoon. Bless us, O Lord, as we hear your word. May it not be in vain that we are seated here this afternoon. May we not go unheard. Be glorified. In the preaching of your word, help me to be faithful to expose it, this text. 
in the most faithful way possible. May you be glorified in all things. All these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This passage in front of us this evening is a very important passage. And this is because it draws us to think of the teaching or teachings that we are constantly receiving. And to ask the vital question of whether these teachings are consistent with sound doctrine. Now, when I was in the university, which is now long, long, long ago, I was in the Christian Union. And um, what, what used to happen in our CU is that there was a program for the people who would speak on Sundays. So, so once there was this man who was invited and he came and uh, soon after he had begun to preach, people in the CU started getting uneasy. They started wondering, what is this man talking about? What's going on? People started looking at each other and wondering, am I hearing what I'm hearing? Are you hearing what I'm hearing? And this is because this man had decided to bring to us uh, strange doctrines. And he was telling us that because uh, we are made in the image of God. We are gods. We are little gods. And the way a mother and father come and produce children, that's the way God produced us. And you can imagine the problem that was in the ears and the hearts of the people as they were hearing that message. Now, in, in the CU, we had what we call the executive committee. Uh, so the committee is, is comprised of the leaders and so the leaders started wondering how are we going to get this man off the pulpit we want to remove him from the pulpit as soon as possible so the way our CU was uh, or the way the hall was designed is that where the person was standing behind, behind him there was a wall and then behind that wall there was some space so the leaders of the CU went to went behind there, they discussed among themselves, and then uh, one of them came while the guy was preaching, and he told him, hey, man, finish, finish, finish quickly. We don't want you to be there anymore. The point there is, there was a man standing before others, bringing strange doctrines, and he he was supposed to be removed from the pulpit as soon as possible. Now, the apostle has just finished talking about how the church is out of order. This is in chapter 1. And how to get it in order. So Titus has been given direction on how to order the churches in the island of Crete. And he's been told to appoint elders or to oversee the process of the appointment of the elders. He has been given the exact qualifications of the man who can truly be called elder, overseer, bishop, shepherd, teacher, and pastor. He has been told how the false teachers look like and how to deal with them, which is what we just, we've just finished uh, considering in chapter 1. Congregational life now must flourish under the direction of sound teachers 
sound elders. This is exactly where chapter 2 now begins. In this chapter, chapter 2, um, the apostle focuses on how men and women ought to live individually and how they ought to live in their families. He here speaks to five groups of people in the church. Older men, older women, the, younger, uh, the young women, and the young men, and the slaves. Five groups of people. Now, what I hope to show this evening is that these commands given to these groups of people, these old, older men, older women, young, young women, young men, and the slaves, um, come after the apostle tells Titus that it is only possible if doctrine is taught. So everything that the apostle is going to say that the old men and the old women and the, uh, and the young men and the young women and the slaves should follow comes after he has, he has said that sound doctrine must be taught. And sound, uh, uh, sound doc- after sound doctrine has been taught, the people of God have to be taught how to live in light of this sound doctrine. Or to put it differently, right living is brought about it's brought about in and through right believing. Sound doctrine must be taught if people are going to live in a manner that is pleasing to the Lord. Sound doctrine ought to be taught and how to live in light of sound doctrine ought also to be taught. So I've titled my sermon this afternoon, The teaching of the man of God must be consistent with sound doctrine. The teaching of the man of God must be consistent with sound doctrine. I have two points only from this verse and then we will finish and go home. Number one, the man of God addressed. And then number two, the man of God instructed. The man of God addressed. The man of God instructed. Both from verse one. So number one, the man of God addressed. Look at your Bibles. Chapter 2, verse 1. But as for you, the apostle says, teach what accords with sound doctrine. The apostle begins there by addressing Titus, who must himself lead from the front. Titus must be different from the false teachers whom we have seen in the first chapter. And this is why the apostle begins by using a contrast word. He says there, but, but as for you, our interest there is in the word but, which communicates a contrast, communicates a difference from what has just been said. Titus must not be like the people that the apostle has just finished describing, the false teachers. The life and teaching of Titus, who in this case is the man of God, must be radically different from the life and teaching of the false teachers who are insubordinate, empty talkers and deceivers, as we've been given there. The life and teaching of Titus must be radically different from that of the false teachers who teach for shameful gain that which they ought not to teach. The life and teaching of Titus must be radically different from that of the false teachers who turn away from the truth and they teach their own things. The life and teaching of Titus must be radically different from these false teachers who are, who are really enemies of the truth. They don't love the truth. And this is where the apostle begins with that contrast word there, but, says, but as for you. Titus, and by implication, every faithful man of God must not be like the false teachers 
whom the apostle has just finished describing, who profess to know God, but they deny him by their works, which is what we have there in Titus 1.16. Now, <clears throat> we live in a society that claims to not want judgment and looks down on anything or anyone that deems, that, that deems judgmental. You remember the videos that I was talking about a while back, which we stumbled upon in Compass by Justin Peters? For others, it was hateful and judgmental for him to mention people's names. Yeah, people's names and, and calling, calling them false teachers. But what example do we have from the Apostle Paul? Listen to what he says in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18 to 20. This charge I entrust to you, Timothy, my child. And you can hear similar language to the language that he speaks to when he's addressing Titus. He says, This charge I entrust to you, Timothy, my child, in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, holding faith and a good, and a good conscience. By rejecting this, some have made shipwreck of their faith, among whom are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have handed over to Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. So he mentions names, the names of people. And if you look at the, the context there, it's, it's Paul gives these words immediately after he's just finished talking about the false teachers. Then he goes on to, uh, to, to, to mention Hymenaeus and Alexander. The apostle also speaks in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14 and 15. Listen to what he says. He says, Alexander the coppersmith did me great harm. The Lord will repay him according to his deeds. Beware of him yourself, for he strongly opposed our message. Now the apostle is telling Timothy this. Now he's just finished telling Titus about the false teachers, so that he may not be like them. And that's why he begins there by saying, but as for you, as for you, be different. Don't be like these false teachers. Because then the apostle is in a similar way saying to Titus here, be different from these men. He mentions them by name and he's saying, the false teachers look like this, but you must be different. That's why he says there, but as for you. The apostle goes on to say that, uh, to, 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 to say who he is addressing. He says there, as for you and who is the you there titus it's titus thus we see there the man of god addressed the you there is directly addressed to titus the apostle would as it were be saying that it is you titus that i'm addressing i'm not addressing anyone else i'm addressing you now indeed this is the letter of paul to who to titus now, by implication, the man of God is being addressed here. Anyone who would hold the title of a man of God is being addressed here when the apostle says, but as for you, the elder, overseer, bishop, shepherd, teacher, pastor, is being addressed here. But it is important to firstly note that Titus is the primary recipient of the letter. He is the one being spoken to. The letter is being addressed to him and thus then it is titus who is to give the good example it is titus who is to give the godly example and this especially to the men appointed for the eldership so in chapter one we saw that titus is going to appoint some men to be elders of churches pastors of churches 
But he is the one who is to lead from the front. He is the one who is to give the good, godly example to these men. And therefore the apostle addresses him. And then this would eventually be useful to the rest of the elders that would be appointed. Um, after he is long gone, even now in this 21st century, men like, men like us and your pastors. Now number two, we have the man of God instructed. So we see that the man of God is being directly addressed. But as for you, you, and then he's told there, teach what accords with sound doctrine. The man of God instructed. Isn't that what we see there in that verse? But as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. The apostle in addressing the man of God instructs him on how he ought to minister or how he ought to perform his ministry. And so he says there that he ought to teach. That's the word that the apostle begins with there. He says, teach, teach what accords with sound doctrine. The literal meaning of the word teach is utter, talk, speak, verbalize or communicate. But then this communication is not just communicating. It is not just talking or speaking. It is to be rightly understood as the ESV renders it there, teach. So that the man of God is not just to talk, but he is to teach. Indeed, in the previous chapter, the apostle has said that the man of God must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine. So he is to teach. He is now telling Titus that he must be able to teach. As he told Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2, that therefore an overseer must be able to teach. And that's what he tells Titus here. As for you, teach. Be a teacher. It's unfortunate how many people stand on the pulpit and they do not teach. What do they do instead? They tell stories and jokes. And people laugh, they enjoy, and they go home. And they think that they came to church. But really, the man of God is called to teach. The Bible says, but as for you, teach. So Titus ought to minister through teaching. But I'd like you to notice quickly that the teaching that Titus is to afford, the teaching that he is to give, is that which he, in the words of the apostle, accords with sound doctrine. So look at that verse again. But as for you, teach. But then, teach what? Teach what accords with sound doctrine. Titus is not only supposed to teach. He's not to teach his own ideas. He's not to teach his own philosophies, his own theories, his own stories. He is to teach what accords with sound doctrine. So he's not just teaching. No, no. He's, he's teaching or he's to teach that which accords with sound doctrine. Now, the word accords there means to be clearly seen or to, to resemble. So that what he teaches ought to be clearly seen that it is in line with sound doctrine. What he teaches ought to resemble sound doctrine. So the apostle is saying, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Teach that which resembles sound doctrine. Teach that which is in accord. That which is in line. That which, is, which can be clearly seen to be in line with sound doctrine. So he's to speak, 
he is to teach the things which are proper, the things which are fitting, the things which are cons- consistent with sound doctrine. That which, uh, that which accords with sound doctrine. So you see there that the teaching of the man of God must be consistent with sound doctrine. Now there's something that I would like you to notice here. Notice that the apostle is calling Titus to teach and his teaching is juxtaposed. His teaching is placed side by side with sound doctrine. And this is what I mean. Notice, Titus is not quite told in this, in this verse to teach sound doctrine. The Apostle Paul does not tell Titus in Titus chapter 2 verse 1, teach sound doctrine. No. No. Titus is here in this verse being told to teach the people of God how to live in a manner that is consistent with sound doctrine. How do we know that? The verse tells us, teach what accords with sound doctrine. So he's told to teach that which accords with sound doctrine. So that Titus is for sure to teach sound doctrine to the people of God. But in addition to that, he's told to teach them how to live in light of the sound doctrine which is what happens in the verses that follow right in the verses that follow the apostle tells uh, uh, tells titus what to teach so he tells him teach that which accords with sound doctrine and then he goes ahead to tell you how that looks like that is to teach not only sound doctrine but he's also to teach the people of god how to live in light of the sound doctrine Again, this is why the title of the sermon is The teaching of the man of God must be consistent with sound doctrine. This is because he's not only teaching the people sound doctrine, he's also teaching them how to live in light of the sound doctrine. This implies that the sound doctrines that the people of God get must be in harmony with their lives. The sound doctrine that you hear, that you are taught, must be in harmony with the way you live. So that you are to be taught as well how to live in light of the sound doctrine that you are taught. And this is what the apostle does in all his letters, right? He teaches sound doctrine and he also teaches how to live in light of sound, the sound doctrine, which is what he's telling Titus here to do. Teach what accords with sound doctrine. Now, let's ask the question, what is sound doctrine? What is sound doctrine? The apostle is going to tell us what it means to live in light of sound doctrine in the verses that follow. But what is this sound doctrine? Now, the word sound means healthy or wholesome. That which is able to feed the souls of the people of God. The word doctrine there means teaching or instruction. In other words, Titus is being told to teach that which is healthy. Simply, teach that which is healthy, healthy. To give teaching which is in accord with healthy instructions. Now, think with me for a moment about your body. If your body is going to be healthy, a healthy diet must be maintained, right? Right? You must eat healthy foods. You know, you cannot go eating junk food over and over and over and over again and think 
that you're going to be healthy and expect that you will have a healthy body. As a matter of fact, many people who are old today have the sicknesses that they have because of not being healthy eaters. Isn't that true? You can ask Brother William later on and he will tell you. <laughs> huh? so, so one cannot eat junk food over and over again and expect to have a healthy body or to be said to be healthy living. Similarly, the souls of God's people depend on the sound doctrine. The souls of God's people depend on sound doctrine if they are going to be healthy. The sound doctrine here is a sound doctrine of salvation. Let me, let me give you a couple of sound doctrines. The sound doctrine of salvation. That salvation is a gift of God. That God saves freely by His grace in Christ. The sound doctrine here is a sound doctrine of the person and work of Jesus Christ. That Christ is the Savior, the Redeemer of God's people. And that it is through His person and work that the sinner is made alive. That it is through his person and work that the sinner is made a saint. This is what we read in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 3. If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ. So sound doctrine is that which our Lord Jesus Christ taught. If you want to know sound doctrine, read the Gospels. But then really, if you want to have sound doctrine... Read the entirety of the scriptures because the words of the Bible are the words of Jesus Christ. The apostle says, if anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ, he's not teaching sound doctrine. Sound doctrine is that which our Lord Jesus Christ taught. Specifically that he is the Messiah, the sent one of God, that he alone is able to save and that all should go to him. If you're not hearing a message that is in tune with that one, you're not getting sound doctrine. Sound doctrine indeed is the healthy pattern of words that we, found, that we find in the word of God, which is led by Jesus Christ and is quickly followed by his apostles and prophets. Sound doctrine. Titus is told here, but as for you, Teach what accords with sound doctrine. You must be ensuring that what you're hearing is sound doctrine. And what you're being told to do or how you're being told to live like is in accord with the sound words of the word of God. That's what Titus is told to do here. To teach what accords with sound doctrine. This is what the man of God has been exhorted to give. And it is out of this sound doctrine that the people of God would be taught how to live appropriately. As we're going to see in the verses that follow. Now let's make a few applications here and, and finish. Applications. Number one, look for and sit under sound men of God. Look for and sit under sound men of God. Pastors are called to teach sound doctrine and also to teach the people how to live in light of sound doctrine. Now, it is only those that teach sound doctrine that should get your attention. Beware of having itchy ears, wanting the preacher to tell you that which you want to hear. Beware of that. 
Look for men who will tell you the word of God faithfully. Don't look for men who will carry you. Eh? Look for a minister who will pamper you and tell you all the good things that you want to hear. No. Look for sound men. Sit under sound doctrine. Ensure that you are getting sound doctrine because that's what Titus is told to do here. Teach what accords with sound doctrine. Pastors are called to teach sound doctrine. And pastors should be held to account if they don't, they don't teach sound doctrine. The man who does not teach sound doctrine is not a man of God. They're not a man of God. They can't be. Because as opposed to the false teachers, Titus is a man of God. And that's then Paul tells him, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Number two, number two, stay away from false teachers. Stay away from false teachers. Be discerning and run away from them. You become discerning by paying attention to the word of God. By reading the Bible every day. By paying attention when the word of God is proclaimed. When the word of God is read. By listening. That's how you become discerning. By reading it over and over and over again. By asking God to illumine your eyes. By His Holy Spirit to help you to see. And that way then, you become discerning. And when you discern, you stay away from false teachers. Here are some men that you can stay away from. And I'm not ashamed or even afraid to mention their names. Benny Hinn, Creflo Dollar. And by the way, that, that young man who came to preach to us while we were in campus, and the doctrines that, that he was bringing to us, he heard from Creflo Dollar. Stay away from Benny Hinn, Creflo Dollar, Joyce Meyer, Joseph Prince, Smiling Joel, Joel Austin, Kenneth Copeland, Miles Monroe, even though Miles Monroe is now long gone. Joshua Selman, who is, whose popularity is rising very quickly. I wonder why. And many more of that company. How about our home hmm? here in Kenya? Mackenzie. Ezekiel. Kanyari. Eh? Owor. Nganga. You know Nganga, eh? Mr. T. Kiunas. And many more of that company. Stay away from them. Look at the word of God. Listen to what they are saying. Complete opposite. Inconsistency. Stay away from false teachers. Number three and lastly. Keep Christ your living head in view in all that you listen to. Keep Christ your living head in view in all that you listen to. You listen to us here on Sundays. Maybe when you go home, you listen to the TV. Eh? You hear many people preaching. Maybe when you're passing across the road, you're hearing someone preaching somewhere. Is Christ being exalted? Are they lifting up the name of Jesus Christ? Or are they telling you how you will become prosperous? How you will never get sick? Eh? How you will have very many, uh, very many houses, very many cars. Eh? 
or are they telling you about the Lord Jesus Christ and how to walk in him and how to obtain eternity through him how to live for him hmm? is Christ being proclaimed in all that you listen to is he the center of everything for the people who are preaching and teaching if, 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 if not then you shouldn't be listening to them you shouldn't be giving your ears to any of, any of the teaching that does not lift the name of Jesus Christ up why am I saying this the Bible is a book about Jesus Christ from beginning to the end. You read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation and, you will, and if you're faithful, you will see that it is not about me, it's not about you, it's not about anyone else really. It's about Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, that all who repent of their sins, all who put their trust in Him, all who look to Him will have eternal life. If you're not hearing about him, then you shouldn't be listening to any of that teaching. When the apostle tells Titus, but as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine, he is as it were telling him, let the Lord Jesus Christ be at the center of everything that you teach. Because sound doctrine finds its soundness in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's pray. We thank you, Father, for your word which we have received this afternoon. Thank you for the exhortation that we see you giving the, the men of God, those who would be teaching and preaching to others, but they are to teach that which accords with sound doctrine, teaching sound doctrine and teaching the people how to live in light of sound doctrine. And we pray that this may be the case here at Trinity Reformed Baptist Church that we would be taught the great oracles and mysteries of the gospel and we would also be taught how to live in light of the gospel. We pray that you may give us faithful preachers and teachers, faithful men. We know that our land is ravaged by many false teachers yet we pray Lord that you may be merciful to grant the 7,000 who have not bowed their knee to bow, those who will proclaim the excellencies of Christ without fear to the ends of the world. Please grant that all our teaching would be consistent with sound doctrine. Give us your Holy Spirit who is able to open our eyes to the truth, who is able to keep us from errors and heresies. Give us your Holy Spirit who is able to illumine our minds, who is able to open the eyes of our hearts to enable us to understand your word. Grant, O oh Lord, that we would be a designing people, the people of God. Please help us and bless us with these things, for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.